It was April 24th this year. A new word added to Merriam-Webster's dictionary for the first time. The word doom scrolling, a compound word already circulating since 2018. Apparently, a word can have a heavy meaning. Scrolling has also been called doom surfing. It means spending too much time in devices, poring over more and more grim news. It begins to explain why we just can't look away. The Wall Street Journal personal technology reporter says primal instincts often drive our obsession with stressful news and social media platforms are designed to keep us hooked. Digital platforms really want to keep you with them. They've kept learning how to crank up those algorithms that are nothing less than addictive. Ever notice how some of your Christian friends just keep shoveling vitriol onto their Facebook posts? The answer is hard if we're addicted. Just say no. I prayed today. Lord, help me stay off. Say no. Love others more. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And we're in a series here on Tuesday called 10,000 Miles with Paul. It was the philosophical and cultural capital of the world. Plato, Socrates, Aristotle, three of the biggest names in philosophy, all did their work in and around Athens, Greece. Greek poetry, widely regarded as the most pristine and literary, was produced largely in and around Athens. If you needed a good lawyer, Athens was your place, because it was there where all the highly trained rhetoricians lived. Long intricate speeches, clever turns of a phrase, and logically rigorous conversations were the norm in Athens. It was like living in Boston near Harvard, Boston College, and MIT. And as we continue our series, 10,000 Miles with Paul, we're going to see that the Apostle was right at home in this kind of environment. In the next few minutes, we're going to read about Paul's visit to the famous Mars Hill, And we'll also hear from a woman who happens to be the mother of our executive producer, who went to Mars Hill in Athens, and she'll share her observations with us. And maybe you're thinking, I wish I could visit Mars Hill myself. Well, you can, in a special way, by watching the documentary series called In the Footsteps of Paul. I'm David Suchet, and I'm on a journey around the Mediterranean, following in the footsteps of a man who 2,000 years ago traveled more than 10,000 miles around the Roman world on foot, and many, many more by sea. According to tradition, Paul confronted the philosophers on the Areopagos, a bare marble hill below the Acropolis in Athens. It was there I met historian Despina Yosef. Despina, we're in this fantastic location, but how does this relate to Paul? It's a place where Athenians used to hold philosophical discussions, and it's no wonder because it had this amazing uh, view, as you can uh, can see. David Suchet talking with us about his journey to Athens and walking up to Mars Hill. And when you watch this two-part documentary, In the Footsteps of Paul, you'll see for yourself this incredible city. But even more, you'll see all the great cities Paul visited, from Jerusalem to Antioch and even Rome. This documentary will bless you as you watch it. So after the program, call us. Make a generous gift. Here is our fiscal years drawing to a close, and we'll send you the DVD. Our number after the program to call is 800 
800-654-2836. Or come to our website, haventoday.org, haventoday.org, in the footsteps of Paul. And now let's start our program. Let's sing about what a Savior. Atoning sacrifice, keeper of this life, hallelujah, you are Savior, beginning and the end, forgiver of my sin, by your mercy you have saved us. your way to Haven today. Yes, we are unabashedly a Christian radio program. My name is Charles Morris, and the series we're in is called 10,000 Miles with Paul. We're going to Athens today, part of that 10,000 mile journey. 
I'd like you to hear a short interview that our executive producer, Troy Lamberth, had with his mother, Carolyn, yesterday. In the late 1990s, Carolyn went back to college after raising her three boys, and she went on a school trip for credit to visit Greece. Well, Carolyn Lamberth, or as I affectionately like to call you, Mom, it's great to have you here on Haven today for the very first time. Well, thank you very much, Troy. Well, in the late 90s, you had an opportunity to go back to college and then go on a tour of Greece for school credit with your mom and your sister, my grandma and my aunt. I'd love to hear what it was like to be there, especially when you went to Mars Hill. Well, Athens was a bustling, huge city. Everyone seemed to live in apartment buildings downtown. There were a few who lived out in the countryside. And I kept asking our tour guide, when are we going to Mars Hill? I was really anticipating that uh, because of the biblical connection. And uh, the day came when we could go to Mars Hill, but I was told it is not called Mars Hill in Greek. It's called the Areopagus. Uh, Mars was the Roman god, so the Greeks chose not to use that term. Anyway, uh, we drove up in the buses and uh, parked, and uh, we were gradually getting higher altitude, but the very tip-top of the Areopagus is all rock, and you had to climb up the steps that had been carved out, and so many people had climbed up them that they were slippery because it was uh, basically marble rock, and it was slippery as glass. Uh, But we made our way up, and at the very top, you could see the Parthenon in the distance, which was the big temple. And uh, I couldn't help but think about Paul and when he was called to the Areopagus by the philosophers in Athens who prided themselves on their intellect and how he, he must have spread his hands out and said, I see that you are a religious people and I saw that you have an unknown God, a God you uh, don't have a name for. And I could just envision him saying, let me tell you who that God is. And he proceeded to give them the good news. And some believed, and some didn't. That was my really memorable takeaway from from going to Athens. There are many other uh, good memories, but that one especially touched my heart. So some believed, some did not believe. What do you think that has to say to us even even today? Well, we need to speak the good news, especially during this time. Uh, so many are empty and searching, even when they don't realize they're searching. But it's our job to share the good news and leave it in the hands of the Lord, who will receive it and who won't. Amen to that, Mom. Carolyn Lamberth, it has been wonderful to have you here on Haven today. Well, thank you for having me. It was a special event. (laughs) This is Haven Today in a program called 10,000 Miles. Carolyn, thanks for coming into the studio and being interviewed by your son. Well, there's something 
that has always amazed me about Paul the Apostle. No matter where he was, he always felt right at home. In Jerusalem, surrounded by the most diligent and studious rabbis, debating the intricacies of the Old Testament, and defending his faith that Jesus Christ is in fact the Messiah. Right at home. Out on the road, proclaiming Christ in the farthest reaches of society, building tents to make sure he had enough money to eat and go on to the next place to plant a church. Right at home. In the cultural and intellectual capital of the world, debating philosophy and the ultimate meaning of life? Right at home. That's Paul. And I think this is one reason the Lord chose him to be the apostle to the nations. He was experienced, well-trained, fluent in so many different cultures that he could relate and speak powerfully to so many different people. We would do well, I think, to emulate Paul insofar as we are able. Who do you listen to? Who do you read? If I had to guess, based on my own habits, I would guess most of us spend our time listening to those who sound and think like we do. We're really skilled at discussing the things that relate most closely to us now. But how fluent are you at discussing issues outside of your own experience? One thing that struck me in all the debates that have flowed out of the tragic and unjust death of George Floyd is how deaf we seem to be to the experience of others. It's made me want to open my ears and eyes and to just listen and to learn and to be able to empathize more, to be like Paul, able to proclaim the gospel powerfully in so many contexts. That's ultimately what it's all about, to be a faithful witness to Jesus Christ, to the world, for his glory, not just those we can identify with who think like we think. That's what Paul wanted to do. And the story of him in Athens is so powerful for that very reason. I want you to listen to this moment from Acts 17, read to us by David Suchet. While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was greatly distressed to see that the city was full of idols. So he reasoned in the synagogue with both Jews and God-fearing Greeks, as well as in the marketplace day by day with those who happened to be there. A group of Epicurean and Stoic philosophers began to debate with him. Some of them asked, What is this babbler trying to say? Others remarked, Oh, he seems to be advocating foreign gods. They said this because Paul was preaching the good news about Jesus and the resurrection. Then they took him and brought him to a meeting of the Areopagus, where they said to him, May we know what this new teaching is that you are presenting? You're bringing some strange ideas to our ears, and we would like to know what they mean. All the Athenians and the foreigners who lived there spent their time doing nothing but talking about and listening to the latest ideas. Paul then stood up in the meeting of the Areopagus and said, People of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. For as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription, To an unknown God. So you are ignorant of the very thing you worship. And this is what I am going to proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. 
and he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth, and he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. The story of the Apostle Paul in Athens from Acts 17, read to us by British actor David Suchet. I love what Paul did first. He didn't come in with an open mouth broadcasting the gospel for all to hear. He came in with open ears, open eyes, listening and observing how the people of Athens lived their lives. It does say he was troubled that the city was full of idols. The first thing he did, he said, in Athens was to walk around the city and observe. It was a very religious city with idols and gods and temples everywhere. They were intellectuals, and they were deeply religious. Paul saw that, and he used that to his advantage. There he saw a shrine dedicated to the unknown god up on the top of Mars Hill, and he saw it as an opportunity to share the gospel. He wanted to make the unknown god known the God who reveals himself most clearly to us in Jesus Christ. He began preaching in the synagogues and engaging with those philosophers in the marketplace. They wanted to hear more. Paul's sermon at Theriopagus in Athens is powerful because it spoke the truth to the Athenians in a way that addressed the way they think and act. Paul didn't simply preach Christ crucified in resurrection. Yes, he did that, of course. But Paul spoke of the unknown God who had made himself known. He even quoted Greek poetry. And at the end of the day, he proclaimed the Lord Jesus, who is not a God of gold or silver, but God in the flesh. That's our Lord. And that's the only story that can truly give hope to our world. We can come up with our own gods and our own philosophies, but only the Lord knows us truly. Only the Lord has come to us to make himself known, not to prove us wrong, but to bring us into his kingdom. Paul was clear that day. Jesus Christ was coming back. So he calls us and everyone else in the world that we're living in today to repent of our sin and to turn to him for salvation. Let's turn to the Lord together. Let's repent of our sinning together. Let's endeavor to be fluent in our world in the footsteps of Paul, imitating Jesus, who became like us to save us. It's all for his glory. It's all in his name, Jesus Christ. He's the Savior. He who was before there was light Walked across the pages of time He who made every living thing Behold Him He who heard humanity's cry Left His throne to wake as a child 
He became like the least of us. Behold him, Jesus, Son of God, Messiah, the Lamb, the roaring lion. Oh, be still, behold him. Sometimes you just need to look and see him. And I hope you've seen him in your own life, just like the Apostle Paul did. Well, that's Behold Him by Paul Balash here on Haven Today. 
and a program 10,000 miles with Paul. Wouldn't you like to visit Athens and Rome and Antioch and Jerusalem and maybe even Tarsus, where Paul grew up as a child? Well, thanks to the special two-part DVD called In the Footsteps of Paul, you can see these places and visit them and learn more about Paul's life and journey. It's hosted by British actor David Suchet, who you heard a little earlier in the program. We've had him on many of our programs recently. Originally produced for the BBC, this documentary will help you to read your Bible with a new sense of realism as you see so many of the places Paul visited planning those early churches of Jesus Christ. It's almost as good as traveling there yourself. Call us right now for your copy of In the Footsteps of Paul. May I ask you to make your year-end gift to help us keep sharing Jesus. Our fiscal year ends in the month of June. Pray about how generous you can be. Our number you can call right now is 800-654-2836. That's 800-654-2836. Or make your gift on our website and ask for In the Footsteps of Paul at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. And just before we go, we're going to have a town hall meeting this coming weekend on Saturday morning, and I'd like to invite you to come and join us. And if you haven't seen your invitation yet, you just need to go to our website, haventoday.org forward slash town hall. You need to register so that we can keep this town hall meeting secure but I'd like you to come, and we'll be there together. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow, when again we'll be sharing together the great story, It's All About Jesus, here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with God, this is David Wolin with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Keeping a budget isn't easy. It depends on delayed gratification. You have to believe that the right thing at the wrong time is the wrong thing. Or, in other words, it's only right if the time is right. And really, that wisdom applies to just about everything. Will you trust God for His will and timing in all the things your heart desires? Every day, this world is going to tempt you to believe that what it has to offer will satisfy more than Jesus. But the truth is, the joy Jesus offers, both now and in the future, is better by far. As 1 Peter 1.6 tells us, there is wonderful joy ahead, even though you have to endure many trials for a little while. Get daily encouragement from God's Word with Anchor Devotional. Visit GetAnchor.com.